Here's Shore. Shoot the puck, Devin. <laughs> he pulls it over to the right wing. Now he picks up the speed. He'll shoot. Scores! Shore goes stick side on Mark. Ekman Larson is the shooter for the Canucks. He'll come through the middle, picks it up, waits, waits, shot. Saved by Koskinen. He got it with the right pad. And the Edmonton Oilers will win the game. 3-2 in a shootout. Back on October 13th, the Edmonton Oilers started the regular season with a 3-2 shootout win over the Vancouver Canucks. Tonight, they wrap up the regular season with a 3-2 shootout win over the Vancouver Canucks. In between... A lot of stuff happened. <laughs> the Oilers are going to the playoffs. Of course, they play tonight without Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and they finished with a record of 49-27-6. And, and as you know, it's going to be the L.A. Kings in the first round, likely on Monday here at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us as you have throughout the regular season here on 630 Chad, and we're your voice of the playoffs as well. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, these last two games, kind of a similar feel. You know, the Oilers couldn't move anywhere in the standings and then even, you know, made even further unusual tonight by the fact that Drysdale and McDavid weren't playing. And like last night, the Oilers weren't good early, but they stick with it and uh, win it after 60 minutes. Well, it seemed like their interest picked up as the game got closer to, to the final final buzzer there was uh it's tough getting up for these games in the back of your mind you know what's coming around the corner at the playoffs you you don't you certainly don't want to get hurt you, you want to uh place hard play strong but somehow make it through the game healthy but as the game goes on the the competitive juices start going and you realize okay this is still a hockey game it's one of 82 we're supposed to play and you try to come out on top so again yeah the, the Oilers weren't the better team early but they were the better team late. And what you love is they find ways to win. And these are just confidence builders going into the playoffs. This is a team tonight, the, the Edmonton Oilers, that beat a Vancouver team that is good without the three best players in the lineup. That bodes well for the Edmonton Oilers, knowing that their depth players, depth players are capable of stepping up in moments and winning hockey games for them. Mike Smith's going to be the goalie in game one of the postseason, but Miko Koskinen, first of all, last night he makes 40 saves, gets the win, and then tonight he stops 39 out of 41 in regulation and overtime, including a couple of huge saves in OT, and then he denies all six Vancouver shooters in the shootout, and Koskinen's record, Rob, 27-12-4 on the season. We'll talk more about him. Let's go downstairs. Here's Angie, or uh, pardon me, here's Jay Woodcroft. Sorry, here to left. Um, you know, Leon and Connor not in the lineup. You want to see some other guys uh, battled hard. Uh, is this for a game that, like, in, in, in a big sense, doesn't mean a lot? Did you see some things that you wanted to see and hopefully accomplish over the course of 60 plus minutes? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, we didn't start the game the way we wanted to start. Um, we were on our heels for a little bit, but I thought we settled in. Thought players played towards an identity of how we wanted to play and we stuck with it. I think that's a good sign uh, that we found a way to win and you're mentioning some of the guys that weren't in the lineup, but how about some of the guys that were in the lineup? I thought Nugent Hopkins played very hard, had great leadership for us. I thought Kulak was excellent on the back end. We got goals from a couple D-men. We had contributions from every single line um, and then uh, the way Miko played tonight, 
I mean, I can't say enough about them. And uh, I thought it was a good team win for us. It was a good sign when you find a way to win in that type of situation. Does it say something for the team that, I'm not saying they would pack it in and, and think about the next game, and I know you're not like that, but that they, they were engaged, they did fight back, they were they were playing like they, they, they were going for a playoff position or something really important. Yeah, I think it is a good sign. I think it, it's a good sign that uh, the team has a way that we want to look on the ice. Uh, we have an identity that we want to play towards. And, um, you know, to, to see them dig in and find a way to win. It's the last game of the regular season, uh, but it leaves us uh, as we head into our preparations for the playoffs in a good mood. Uh, uh, heading into the playoffs now. Yep. So, you know what? You're not going in as a first team, but you have a top three record in the league since you took the job. You're, you know, you're not, uh, no one's problem. Not a lot of guys picking to win the Stanley Cup, but a lot of teams, people are saying, I wouldn't want to play that team. How do you feel about this version of a hockey team you're taking in the playoffs? Well, I, uh, my message to our team is that, you know, come Sunday afternoon after the makeup game is finished is that the league is narrowed. The league has gotten better. Um, and for us to continue uh, to uh, play towards an identity and try and improve each day, I think that's the key to um, a mindset heading into a playoff series. And... Um, you know, in terms of whether teams want to play our team or not, that's up for the media to talk about or, or other teams. But for us, our focus is on us and our concentration here as we uh, begin our preparations uh, for Los Angeles. Well, you've been talking consistently about practicing and getting better every day and mm -hmm. adding and putting on more layers and all that you got one practice left before the dance starts here are you guys ready are you do you have this team where you hoped you'd have this team at this point yeah i think there's a lot of really good signs i think uh, um i actually i like the fact that we're kind of just getting right into things uh, right off the bat without uh, you know a huge week of practices or build up towards uh, uh, the start of a series I think it allows us to stay in the rhythm that we've been in it's been a it's been a sprint here I can tell you just for me personally uh, coming up in the middle of February it feels like um, the schedule has been relentless uh, but we have found comfort in the rhythm of that schedule and um, it's a long long answer for you but I do uh, like where our team is at Jay, does a coach coach differently in the playoffs than he does in the regular season? Um, no, I think uh, you have to have a deep understanding of who your opponent is. Um, you're not just moving from one team to the next city and, and everything like that. So your your level of preparation is important heading into the series. Um, your ability to adjust to what you see is important. And, um, you know, but I plan on bringing the same level of intensity uh, to my job uh, and I know our coaching staff is going to have that same attitude uh, in terms of how hard we prepare for this series. Okay, your game plan in the three-on-three -three and then the shootout without your big guns playing, how did you decide who was doing what? Because normally Leon and Connor eat up 
most of the three on three mm -hmm. and then in the shootout they would be two of your three shooters as well yeah well i think what you do is uh, i've experienced with some of those players in the past so i have an understanding of what capabilities are um you make sure you're seeing things clearly in the game as it's being played and who might be having who might have a little extra jump in their step or might be dangerous in that situation and we just tried to play the play the cards as best we could and um, based on experience and based on uh, communicating with your coaching staff uh, you, you try and make sure the right people are in the right situations and so Devin Shore was your ace up his sleeve <laughs> well it's someone that we we talked about that he did have a good shootout move um, and uh, I'm happy for him what a way to end his regular season to, to help our team with a big win thank you Jay, not to read too much into it, but uh, the players took a few minutes to come out for the post-game media availability. Assuming you guys had a team meeting and kind of got to relish, uh, you know, the final moments of the regular season together. What was the messaging there, uh, assuming you guys had one? Yeah, the messaging, uh, we just wanted to take care of a few nuts and bolts and house cleaning type issues um, so that the players could uh, go into their day off tomorrow with a clear, clear head. Um, and really use tomorrow as a, as a day to regenerate. Um, so the message is just what I said earlier, which is that the league is narrowed, the league's gotten better, and uh, we need to take a step. And uh, it starts with making sure we rest properly and then uh, starts with a good day of practice on Sunday. Since clinching last week, a couple of players, uh, newer players on your team, have mentioned, I've heard about how crazy this place gets in the playoffs. Uh, do players talk about that in the room? And how, do they look forward to that? And how much are you guys looking forward to that, uh, playing in front of this crowd? Yeah. Um, we think we have the best fans, the most passionate fans, the most knowledgeable fans in the National Hockey League. And um, I can tell you, having experienced a playoff run in this city uh, firsthand, I know know um i know how excited everybody is uh for the playoffs and i know how excited our players are to try and play to our full potential against a quality opponent come monday night jay just one for me back here to follow up maybe on something mark asked um you've, you said very recently that you don't feel like you're a finished product do you feel like you are now no i don't think we're a finished product um i think um We've, we have yet to play to our full potential, and that is our goal heading into the playoffs, is to play to our full potential. And um, there's been a lot of really good moments here over the last two and a half months. I'm appreciative of the efforts of our players. Uh, we're not here, we're, um, you know, a few days away from hosting a first-round playoff series without the efforts and execution level of our players. And um, But we know we have to take a step and there's a ways to go and that's our goal is to play to our full potential thanks guys that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft on 630 Chad as the Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout against the Vancouver Canucks to wrap up the regular season Reed Wilkins Rob Brown for Harland Ford overtime open line Rob I just want to get back to that conversation we were starting about the goaltending which has been I would say topic number one for us over the course of 82 games maybe not every night but a lot of nights certainly a lot more positive really since late January for both Koskinen and Smith and again with Koskinen as much criticism as he took and a lot of that was for me at times <laughs> and he said it in an interview this season he goes 
the only stat I really care about is wins. You could have an 850 save percentage and play great. You could have a 920 save percentage in a game and let in a couple bad goals. I mean, he went 27, 12, and 4. He won 27 of the Oilers' 49 games this season. Pretty good for a backup goaltender, isn't it? Uh, he was good. It, he was excellent in this hockey game tonight. Uh, fantastic in the shootout. Um, the, the Oilers are going to go with Mike Smith in the playoffs. And if Miko comes in, it's either because there's an injury or Mike Smith struggled. But I do think that the Oilers coaching staff, it, it, it's, there's not a fear putting in your backup goaltender to start a hockey game now if there is an injury it's not as though okay woe is me the, the season is lost if Mike Smith goes down or if Mike Smith uh, has a has an off night because Miko has shown he's capable of winning hockey games against good hockey clubs and he's in not just it's not he's not just put a, put together a week or, or two weeks of good games he's put together a few months uh, the Edmonton Oilers about three months ago we did a lot of shows where people said there is zero chance the Edmonton Oilers can go into the playoffs and win with these two goaltenders. They have to make a trade at the deadline. And it is the weakness of the team. Going into the playoffs right now, their goaltending is a strength. And I know that Jonathan Quick and the LA Kings uh, has had a fantastic career, but I don't know if the LA Kings goaltending has been as good as the Oilers goaltending over the last three months. That's how good Miko and Mike Smith have been. So the Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. Wendy is also a winner of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. She took the under on set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. The line I set high, Rob, for the final score in the game at eight and a half total goals. It is just five. So Wendy wins that one. The, the shootout lasted six rounds, uh, not the longest in Oilers history, by the way. They had one uh, against Boston that went 12 rounds a few years ago. Um, but Devin Shore got the only goal, and Jay Woodcroft said, well, we knew he had a shootout move. And, Rob, every few weeks or so at practice, they do a king of the shootout mm -hmm. drill at the end. So everybody shoots, and usually in the first round, you get a shot on each goalie. So if you miss, you go down to the other end. But, you know, it's very simple. You score... You go stand by the penalty box. You shoot, you stay by the benches, and you're out. And they and they pick a survivor. And it's it's a fun game. Guys always get involved in it. The goalies get involved in it. But the coaches are watching because they're they're watching who has a move, who has maybe more than one move if it's needed, maybe who has a move or or a you know, a, a way to approach against a certain goalie. So, you know, th those little things, so those fun drills in practice, the coaches are always paying attention. They are. I mean, we do that you know, almost daily in the different academies, and so do minor hockey teams. Uh, you're always doing that, and it is fun. And there's a th when you're playing or competing against your peers, there's that added pressure. So not only are they seeing who's got uh, a move that's capable of scoring, in, in against the National Hockey League goaltender, but they're also finding who can handle it when they're being heckled by their, their teammates. Or when all of a sudden you're in the final two and you're going, it's you against Connor McDavid. I mean, there's that little added pressure, and that's what you see when you start going out in the shootouts for, for games. you got to score to keep your team alive, or you have an opportunity to win a hockey game. And some people shy away from that kind of stress. Others excel at it. Uh, and it was good to see Devin Shores score a goal. To me, he's he's a, a great teammate. Never complains. When he gets in there, he does all the things that he's supposed to do. Uh, he was pulled out of the lineup when he was playing well. 
Devin Shore's not him not playing a number of these games wasn't because Devin Shore was playing poorly. It's just that the Oilers have that many good hockey players right now in their depth roles. So uh, it was nice, and that was a good move. He froze the goalie, took a step to change the shooting angle, and put it far side. And not an easy shot to make, certainly not an easy one to stop, and it was a nice way to finish the game for Devin Shore. Got to thank James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. The final total for the regular season a $29,000 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. It's been 100 bucks for every Oilers goal, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. 3-2 in a shootout is the final for the Oilers. We are happy to hear from you tonight. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. Tell you what, Rob, we'll wrap up the regular season with uh, something we did a couple of months ago. We're happy to hear from anybody, but we'll give... Uh, We'll give priority to first-time callers tonight. If anybody's out there and wants to uh, check in for the first time to wrap up the regular season and look ahead to the playoffs. Back in a couple of minutes, it's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Miller on the left, gave it to Garland, cuts across the top, now brings it back to the blue line on the left wing for Hughes. Off the left wing boards, he'll go towards the net, pass in front. Oh, what a save by Koskinen off of Miller. He was right on the doorstep. 30 seconds into overtime. Miko Koskinen with his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Rob, I thought that was game over. <laughs> I thought that was game over and .100 for JT Miller. An unbelievable pass by Quinn Hughes. Every time I watch Quinn Hughes play, I'm more and more impressed. Uh, he controlled the play. He... Pulled everyone towards him, had all eyes on him, then went with an absolute bullet pass back door. And that's why it was so uh, surprising or shocking that Koskinen was able to get across because that pass was like a slap shot. And it was on and off Miller's stick immediately. And I think Miller knew that too. He said, this is, the, you know, this is my 100th point of the season, and when that didn't go in, well, that's the best opportunity that I'm going to get in this game. But Koskinen, uh, outstanding in this hockey game. He was that good. He... Uh, he finished off his season in style, and if, if that's the last game that we see from Miko Koskinen, well, it was a, a hell of a game by him. All right, so the Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. Anytime this season the Oilers have scored five or more in a game, we have turned on the Japanese Village goal light, and we will continue to do that into the postseason as well. It would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.com. CA. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert standing by. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, well, I mean, you know what? I think uh, I think the depth of this team has shown, has, uh, has shown this year on several occasions. And personally, I think tonight was, I mean, like the, fir the first, first period and a half, I thought the team was a little sluggish, but but I mean, uh, you know what? I think they, uh, you know what? They settled down. Koskinen was good. It was nice to see. Uh, you know, it was nice to see some guys step up, find a way to uh, finish the season with a win. So, uh, I think uh, I was looking at the standings, and it looks like, and, and it looks like I think 13 of the 16 playoff teams are going to be at 100 plus points. So I think that shows just how. Uh, I think that shows, at least for me, just how much tougher it gets. Well, for sure, right. Sir Robert, and that's, I mean, Rob and I have talked about that to go back to the goaltending theme, that a lot of times 
when the goaltending was struggling, I, I said, okay, is it a fair concern to say going into the playoffs, the Oilers are going to have the 16th best goaltending? I, I don't know if you would say that. I don't, I don't know if think you'd give them top seven or eight goaltending necessarily, but the goaltending has been a lot better. And yeah, these... Rob, as we know, it's it's so close. I, I think the Oilers will and should be favored against the yep. LA Kings, but like I've often said, what, what is that? 60-40, well, 55-45, for percent. They were they were they were favored against the Winnipeg Jets. They were favored against the Chicago Blackhawks. But in, in the course of an 82-game season, Edmonton versus LA. Edmonton's a better hockey club, but LA doesn't have to beat the Oilers in, in an 82-game season. They only have to win four games. I believe the LA Kings are going to have to have a game won by them by their goaltender. Jonathan Quick's going to have to steal a game. I think the Edmonton Oilers are a more talented team. Um, I don't think the Oilers are going to need to have a goalie steal a game, but they're going to have to play well. I think the LA Kings are going to try to win every game 3-2 or 2-1. Uh, I think this game, if it goes 6 or 7, I think of the six or seven, the Oilers will blow the Kings out once or twice. But there's going to be games where the Kings stay close. And uh, they're built for playoff hockey. Uh, they're getting healthier. They're missing Drew Doughty, which is a big loss. But the LA Kings finished strong. They didn't play a lot of playoff teams at the end, but they finished strong. They're confident. And, I mean, Dustin Brown, it's his last kick of the can. He's retiring at the end of the season. They've got enough guys on this team LA that know what it's like to win and that was the one fear for people when the Oilers played the Blackhawks in the playoffs a few years ago they had a couple guys that had won championships before and I don't think the LA Kings are good enough to win a Stanley Cup this year but they are capable of upsetting a team and I think the Edmonton Oilers if they play their best should win but if the Edmonton Oilers uh, have an off night the LA Kings are good enough to beat them Okay, let's look around the NHL. The LA Kings were one of only two teams not to play tonight, so you won't hear about them on the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Predators lead the Coyotes 4-3 after two. This one looked like it was going to be another 10-2 game, Rob, because it was uh, all Nashville in the first, uh, what do they have, four goals in the first seven minutes? Coyotes are making it interesting. If Nashville wins... Uh, they get Calgary, and Colorado will get Dallas. But we'll see if the Coyotes can rally. It's 4-3 Nashville after two. Seattle shut out San Jose, 3-0. Penguins beat the Blue Jackets, 5-3. Sabres over Chicago, 3-2 in overtime. Toronto beating Boston, 5-2. The Canadians pound the Panthers tonight, 10-2. Detroit wins, 5-3 at New Jersey. Rangers over the Capitals, 3-2. Senators beat the Flyers, 4-2. The Lightning win at the Islanders, 6-4. Golden Knights outscore the Blues 7-4. Minnesota beats the Avalanche 4-1. Jets over the Flames 3-1. And Dallas beating Anaheim 4-2. So that be, that's why Nashville must win to get the higher seed of the wild card. Tom Hodges finished that game in goal for Anaheim. He was the emergency backup goalie after Gibson and Stolarz got hurt. He made two saves on three shots. And I guess, unfortunately, Rob will be tagged with the loss as then Dallas added an empty netter. So here are the East matchups. Florida-Washington, Rangers and Pittsburgh, Carolina and Boston, and the Leafs get Tampa Bay, Rob. <laughs> this is, well, we've seen for a number of years that that division, the Leafs division, is tough. Really, really tough. And the Toronto Maple Leafs had a fantastic season. And what do they get for having the great year? They get the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round. That's going to be a good series. Is it going to be a lot of fun to watch, as most will be in the first round as usual? 
Um, this, this is the fun time of year. As a hockey player, uh, sometimes the 82-game season is a grind. As you get older, it, it seems to get longer and longer and harder and harder, but you wait for these moments. You, you, you just try to relish and cherish the, the opportunities that you get to start anew on the day one of the Stanley Cup playoffs with a goal in mind of winning the Stanley Cup. And on Monday afternoon, every team will have the exact same chance to win the cup. They're all, they're all zero and zero on the season. And they just have to go through and try to win the first series and go from there. But this is the best time of year for hockey fans. And it's even more so the best time of year for hockey players. Okay, the Oilers wrap it up with a 3-2 shootout win over the Canucks. We're happy to hear from you as well. If you're on hold, we'll get to you after the break. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. As Kane's able to get it out to Yamamoto on the left. Now to CC to Kane. Into the Canucks zone. Down the left wing. He shoots it. Kicked out by Martin. As he got the left pad out there. Aaron a heartbeat back to the blue line. Kulak scores! Brett Kulak hammers it from the left point. It finds its way through. And this game is tied at one. Brett Kulak scores tonight. He plays 25 minutes as the Oilers beat the Canucks 3-2 in a shootout. Darnell Nurse once again not in action tonight, Rob. So we're going to make Brett Kulak and really how he played uh, without Nurse in the lineup. Got a lot of increased responsibility. Our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Well, he was very good. Um, uh, when, when the trade happened, I, I remember, I think it was you that had talked to Craig McTavish, but he talked about the two trades that were made at the deadline, and the one that he really liked was the Kulak trade. He, he liked what he could bring to this organization. Uh, he, he, he skates well. He, he thinks the game well. And the goal that he scored tonight, that was a bomb. Like an absolute bomb. There was a nice screen in front of the net, and he placed it in the perfect spot, but it was on and off his stick, and it was heavy. Uh, he, uh, if Darnell Nurse were to miss any time in the playoffs, it will soften the blow, the fact that they picked him up at the deadline. But Kulak, I think, has been everything they had hoped for, and I think even more. It, they brought him in as more as a, a third-pairing defenseman, but we saw tonight him move up in the lineup and was very good taking on big minutes against a good Vancouver team. Coyotes just tied the game against Nashville two minutes into the third period. Now, Nashville doesn't have UC Soros. I think Connor Ingram's in net tonight. Yes, he is. And, and they've uh, only had 17 shots, uh, Arizona, and they've got four goals on those 17 shots. Yeah. This one was a deflection in, but, yeah, I mean, Nashville, it, with a win, I'm not sure about with a tie, but certainly with a win, would be playing the Calgary Flames in the first round, but they've just blown a 3-4-1 a lead and is now 4-4 in the third period. Yeah, All momentum with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Predators just need a point to finish ahead of Dallas. Well, they're going to have to pick up their game a little bit because I'm watching it up here right now, and Arizona has been the better team for the last while. Yeah, so they're trying to avoid Colorado, basically, though, as I say, I think Calgary's going to be a pretty tough opponent for whichever wildcard team it is as well. Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. We have uh, Leanne on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Leanne, go ahead. Hi, um, I'm Leanne, and I've recently become um, an Oilers fan over the last few years. I have to admit before I wasn't really an Oilers fan, but I didn't know about hockey. But over the past few years, I've become a, a huge Oilers fan. And a lot of people are stating that um, they think that, you know, that they're not going to make it as far as... Um, 
as far as they think they're going to go, people are going to think they're going to flop because of the goaltending that, goal that we have. But in my opinion, I don't believe that at all. I have complete faith in them. I think that they will go further than they've gone in a long time, perhaps take it all the way. Well, there's a poss there's a possibility. Uh, there were there were huge question marks at the beginning of the season about goaltending. There the question marks became uh, hu even bigger about halfway through the season as the both Oiler goaltenders struggled. But over the last two months, goaltending has not been an issue for the Edmonton Oilers. It's been one of their strengths. Now, obviously, playoffs are, are different and the pressure ramps up. But I don't as a uh, watching these games over the last eight to ten weeks, I don't have concerns about the Oilers goaltending. I don't. Um, they're going in playing well. The team's playing well. This is a confident bunch. They should win the first round and then set up a really good battle, hopefully, with Calgary in the second round. But uh, I don't think goaltending is going to handicap the Oilers here in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, Mike Smith hasn't lost a game that he started since whenever, and his puck handling's been excellent, and, and the team, I think, is playing a sturdier game in front of the goaltenders as well. So, I, I mean, they did go... I mean, you got to give credit, Rob. The the coaching change made more of a difference than I thought it would. They went 26-9-3. and three <laughs> That's pretty under good. Under Jay Woodcroft, well over 700 points percentage. Yeah, no, he came in, there was a, a, a fresh voice. Um... A couple tweaks here and there. Players were moved around a little bit in the lineup, given different type of roles, and everything has clicked. Uh, they got the bump early with a new coach, and then it just continued. So uh, good on the players buying in, and, and they brought a coach that came in that was prepared and ready for his opportunity, and the, the team has rewarded him with a, a fantastic finish to the season. Now the fun starts. Okay, 3-2 shootout win for the Oilers tonight. L.A. Kings next. Again, we are, are very, very sure it's going to start Monday. We don't know the start time. It's probably going to be a later game, like maybe 8 o'clock. Well, well, maybe even 8.30. We'll see once the schedule comes out. We'll call a quick timeout here. Of course, we have plenty of time for you. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, into the weekend we go. Oilers uh, off tomorrow, so that'll mean a practice on Sunday getting ready for the playoffs against the Los Angeles Kings. 3-2 in a shootout. The Oilers win tonight. Uh, JT Miller scored early, 227 into the game. No scoring in the second period, though the Oilers started to pick up their game after having only six shots in the first. Kulak, 31 seconds into the third. Big slapper from the line. Garland came right back at 235. And then Barry wristed one past a screen. Spencer Martin to tie it up with uh, 1050 left in the game. Entertaining overtime, solved nothing. The shootout. Had 12 shooters. It went six rounds. Devin Shore was the only guy to score. And the Oilers get the victory. The power play story for Extreme Power Products. Your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out ExtremeWithTheNextPowerProducts.com. The Canucks were 0 for 2 on the power play. The Oilers only had one power play, but it could have given them a lead late in the game. Alex Chason went off for tripping Nugent Hopkins with 4.55 left. Rob and no McDavid, no Dreisaitl, so it was that second unit that got to start the power play. Yeah, and they went with the traditional three forwards, two defensemen on it too. Uh, a couple of chances, but it's really hard uh, throwing units out there that don't play a lot together and expect them to have the, uh, you know, the chemistry 
to be able to make all the plays that are needed to make. Vancouver, their penalty killing looked good tonight. The Oilers, the Oilers did enough tonight good things to feel good about themselves and come home with two points. A lot of it's there with goaltending. Their penalty killing was good. And actually, in a game that meant nothing, in the last two games that have meant nothing, both were very entertaining hockey games. And I think that's pretty cool, too. In games where you're most the fans, most of the players are looking forward to Monday, yeah, we had two fun games to watch here in Edmonton. All right, we got James on the Certainty Hotline. James, go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Yeah, I'd like to go back a couple of months ago when Costin spoke out uh, where he was asking for some help. And, you know, he spoke out and it got into the media. And it, it, he got the help in some changes that came along. You could see that McDavid, Nugent, or uh, Drysaddle, and, and Nurse were playing like 26, 28 minutes. And now we have a balance. Now we have this balance in other players coming up from the second, third, and fourth line. And Kostinen is just flourishing. So it just kind of speaks back to... Uh, when he first went out and, and was asking for that help, and, and now it, it's come to fruition. Well, I think, yeah, what happened was, uh, you know, Dave Tibbet made that comment after Koskinen gave up a couple bad goals in New York, and then Koskinen did an interview with a Finnish reporter saying, you know, I, I can't score goals, and I think he'd only had whatever it was, Rob, nine goals in his last seven starts that the Oilers scored. Um, we do know... You know, Mike Smith was Dave Tippett's guy. Yes. Now I think yeah. Mike Smith is also going to be Jay Woodcroft's guy. Yep. But you do wonder if there would have been maybe some tension there or just a feeling of, I, I, you'll probably find a better word than this, Rob, but like hopelessness if Koskinen ever felt it doesn't matter how well I play, I'm never going to get more than a game or two in a row. He's always going to go back to Smitty. But, uh, you never know. Well, it... it there would be more players than him and that goes back to what John Garrett talked about when you sh in between periods certain players are pigeonholed into where the coach feels they belong and Koskinen under Dave Tippett was a backup goaltender and nothing was going to change that barring Mike Smith not being able to find his game at all this year that's so just like Derek Ryan was only going to be a fourth line player or or Jesse Pugliarvi, or whatever. All players in the coach's mind were in that one spot. And they were going to stay there. So I'm sure Koskinen, that went through his mind. I could I could have back-to-back -back shutouts. But if an important game came up during the season, it was going to go to Mike Smith. And it's not just Dave Tippett that does that. Most coaches do that. Most coaches have a, a, an idea of where you are. That's why when a new guy comes in, it's all fresh because... He's got no preconceived notions of who you are. He's given you a chance to prove who you are. And eventually, here, uh, Jay Woodcroft's going to have all these players in roles where he feels they fit. And some are going to like it and some aren't. It's just the way it goes in professional sports. If the coach plays you lots, you love the coach. If he doesn't, well, I don't really like that coach that much anyways. But it's for Koskinen, Ko Koskinen spoke up because things were said about him publicly which shouldn't have been said. But Koskinen, is, as much as the team wasn't scoring for him, Koskinen wasn't playing well then yeah, he did either. have some poor yeah. nights for sure. So, yeah, so it was, it was a bit of both. But it should, all of that should have been handled in the dressing room. None of it should have been handled publicly. Okay, we'll have Mo on the Certainty Hotline as well. Mo, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, so it's good the boys uh, finished off the regular season with two meaningless uh, wins which is good to see. Uh, 
I'm a little nervous just because we've only got one win in the last uh, two playoff years, but uh, and we're I guess favored this year, which makes me even more nervous. But uh, the big thing for me, I think, is uh, two specific guys that'll be, and I'm, I'm hoping and assuming, and they should. Hyman and Kane uh, will be a huge factor in what happened against LA. And if these guys are going to make a run, you know Connor and Leon are going to be Connor and Leon. But the biggest, the biggest thing in this series coming up is Game One. If they lose Game One, it's going to be a long series. If they win Game One, I think the psyche of this team uh, and their confidence, I think they'll just roll over LA. So I'm hoping a big Game One victory, and uh, we can uh, put. Uh, Brown out of his misery there and uh, <laughs> shake his hand after game four, hopefully, or game five, and bid him farewell. Yeah, I think you make a couple of really good points there, Mo, and I think the nervousness, and I've talked about this, Rob, because I've talked to other, you know, media guys that have come through town, or, you know, I get to know people that host talk shows in other markets, and most fans going into this weekend. Uh, are probably worried about something, even if they think their team is really well. Well, what if? Well, I don't know. What if? You know, like so. That's that's fair enough. Um, I would think that most fans of teams that are favored would have the the nervous energy more right. so than the ones that are the underdogs. The underdogs, those fans are excited. I mean, this oh, we we have a chance to do something special here. We can do it because the expectations aren't there. Right. But for a team like Edmonton, team like Calgary, the expectations are they're both going to win their first round, and neither have had playoff success in a while. So there's a nervous energy amongst fans. Like, okay, we're supposed to win again. Oh, please don't disappoint me. Please, I don't know if I can handle it anymore. So yeah, there. Until the Oilers get that first victory. There's going to be uh, this energy in the the crowd that's like, oh, no, not again. Yep. But I can tell you right now from listening to the players talk, from walking, watching the players, how they, they act, how they uh, are on the ice, on the bench, this is a confident group. This is not a group that's worried. This is a group that can't wait to start the games. The Edmonton Oilers feel that they can win the Stanley Cup this year. And it has to start going by going through the L.A. Kings. This team will be ready to play on Monday. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they are ready and confident. And everything right now is going the right way for the Edmonton Oilers, the way they're playing and their goaltending and their power play and their penalty killing. They're ready for this series. And Arizona just went up 5-4 on Nashville with nine and a half minutes left. And I think Moe's other point, Rob, and again, talking about themes we've had throughout 82 games, Hyman and Kane. Uh, I guess Kane wasn't here for about the first half of the season, but it's it's not just it better be Leon Connor and Nugent Hopkins scoring because no one else will. Hyman and Kane had excellent seasons. Yamamoto finished strong. We'll see what they get out of Pugliarvi. He, he's still a bit of a wild card in my mind. McLeod has progressed, and, and you've seen the Oilers. I mean, of course, it's all about scoring, but but you've seen periods of games where they've they they come in waves, and even if they don't score. You know, it's a bit of a, a. They're able to wear down the opposition. They're not. They're not kind of a one shift and done team like they have been a lot of years in the past. No, and what we see come playoff time, it's a different game. It's not the same game that you see through the 82 regular season hockey games. It becomes tougher. It becomes more physical. There's less room out there. I know that you you had the the interview that you've played a couple times of Jody Shelley, how everything seems faster and more physical come playoff time. 
So to be able to play that, you've got to be able to play uh, under duress and play under stress and not panic. You've got to go into dirty areas. Guys that don't normally hit have to finish every check. You've got to be able to withstand the physicality of the opposition. So it's a big boy game come playoff time, and the Edmonton Oilers realized that after the last couple of playoff exits. And they went out and got a Zach Hyman, who's built for playoff hockey. They went and signed Evander Kane, who, to me, is the prototypical playoff hockey player. So they are better equipped this year than in past seasons to be able to play with depth. Against the Winnipeg Jets last year, it was a very, very short bench in a, a game that went, what, three overtimes, four overtimes? Yeah, to the third overtime. Third overtime with a very, very short bench. Well, the Oilers don't have to do that up front right now because they have four lines that they feel completely confident putting on the ice at any time. That is a huge difference from the last couple of years. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We, uh, I know a few of you want to check in. We will get to you. we got to call a quick time out here. Oilers wrap up the regular season. 3-2 shootout win over the Canucks. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Final record for the Oilers, 49-27 and 6. Just the second time over 100 points since 1986-87. 3-2 shootout winners tonight over the Vancouver Canucks. We will go to Jim on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Jim. Evander Kane came in with a less than stellar reputation. And I'm wondering if, um, I mean, he's done everything they expected him and more. I'm wondering if, Rob, you ever played with anybody that had a bad reputation that somehow turned it around and became a totally different player? Um, honestly, no. Because, yeah, I, I, not that I can remember. There's been guys that weren't well-liked. Um... But then, after playing with them, they still weren't very well liked. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I don't know of any that... I, I've played with guys who have had reputations of being, you know, uh, work ethic, uh, stuff like that, who've turned that around. But he came in with baggage, and uh, a lot of baggage. And I, I've never played with anyone that had that kind of baggage and came in. Uh, and actually, I just I honestly, I don't know if I play with anyone with the baggage that he's had. So it was, it was uh, he had to come in and win over teammates, win over fans. And uh, I don't know what it's, he's like in the dressing room. I've only heard positive things. But his play on the ice has been, uh, it's been exceptional. And he's been a difference maker in almost every game he's played in. And I think you're only going to see that get better because the games are going to get more important. And he's the kind of player that you want in those kind of games. All right. we. Oh, this is a fun one. We have Big Bad Joe on the line. BBJ, go ahead. Hey, you guys. How are you guys doing? Good show again tonight? Thanks. Do I have, do I have you guys? Yeah, you're on, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say uh, I take my hat off for uh, the coaching staff and for management to get uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid to shit that came out because we all know they wanted to play. And tonight, for me, it was a statement came. The uh, Edmonton Oilers, they made a statement. They bent, they did break, they won. And, you know, that's all that count. And now, now the boys bring the cup home, and, you know, we are all happy. Yeah, well, no, it's a good time to be an Oilers fan right now. It absolutely is. Yeah, well, I think he used a key phrase, bend but not break. And like you said, Rob, now the games get tougher. And like Woodcroft was saying, now the league is narrowed. Now it's the 16 best teams. I mean, we're going to do some... We're going to do some emotional shows after games, Rob. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, we did four last year that got more 
difficult emotionally for fans after each game. But, I mean, even teams that go deep in the playoffs have bad nights and yeah. have blown leads or have overtime losses or, or, or get blown out. But... Uh, you know, the Oilers, the, the, the Oilers have appeared to be a more resilient team. And, and again, I'll reference some of the, the themes we had earlier in the season. That the huge stretch where they fell behind every game and one nothing felt like, oh, man, I don't know if they can come back. You, you don't feel that way anymore. And they, now, first of all, they don't give up the first goal as often. But when they do, it doesn't feel like it's as crippling as it maybe did back in November and December. And there were times earlier in the year when you cringed anytime the other team had a grade a scoring chance because you felt it was going in consistently yeah and you it doesn't feel now it's you're shocked when the puck gets by one of your goaltenders it's completely changed so uh it, it is a team that has found its swagger and deservedly so because they're playing with style they they're this is a good hockey club now having said that there's no bad hockey clubs come playoff time yeah and Bounces and breaks. The Oilers have gotten a lot of those as of late. There's going to be games in the playoffs where they're not going to get them. But the, what we've seen with the Oilers, when the things go wrong now, it, they, there's not a big deflate. They find a way to push harder and come back. And I think that's a good sign too. So there's, uh, there's so many positives going into this playoff, yet all of that could go for naught in game one if something goes sideways in the first period. And then you'll find if the Oilers have the... The, the strength to push back on whatever adversity they face come playoff time. I believe they do this year. Devin Shore gets the shootout deciding goal tonight. Miko Koskinen, 39 saves in regulation and overtime. And then he goes 6 for 6 against the Canucks in the shootout. Oilers win the game 3-2. We have Scott and Cam up next. We've got to call a quick timeout first. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Okay, so the Oilers win 3-2 over the Canucks in a shootout. There was an e-bug tonight. Tom Hodges played for Anaheim against Dallas. Uh, the game was in Dallas, so he's actually from Texas. Um, yeah, Rob, I'm trying to find what you found, because so, so that, that, that sounds reading, unbelievable. I am reading right now, and this is on Sportsnet. It says, Ducks turned emergency goalie after Gibson and Stolarz, their two goalies, get hurt. He came in to play almost the entire third period. He said the team was awesome. The players were great from. He said he's never been more nervous in his life. He thought he was going to have a panic attack. He said these are the best group of guys ever. He's a Texas native high school goalie mm -hmm. who played one professional game in the East Coast League doing the exact same thing. He was an emergency goalie in the East Coast League. So he's not a professional goalie anywhere. And then it says right here, at the age of 14, I lost the sight in my left eye. This made playing goalie incredibly difficult for many years. This is a high school goalie that can't see out of his left eye that just played in the National Hockey League tonight. How incredible story is that? Yeah, some of these e-bug stories are... <laughs> They're amazing. I mean, David, David Ayers, right? And yep. then I think it was... Uh, and that was... He was in a playoff race for the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, they needed that win in Toronto. So, yeah, he... So, Hodges uh, faced three shots... And the goalie Stuck let two in. Of them. Yeah, the goalie let in. It deflected off a stick and changed direction. So it wasn't on him. That's amazing. I know. Unbelievable. I just read the story. I'm like, wow, so cool for this young, for the, well, I guess not young, 28. I guess it's young to me. Young guy goes out and plays plays in the NHL. Went there to eat popcorn and sit and watch a game. Ended up playing net. 5-4, Arizona leading Nashville. Nashville was up 4-0 early in this game. 
And this means that if Nashville can't get this game into overtime, they will play Colorado and Calgary will play Dallas. The other thing that was up in the air in the West was who get who got home ice between Minnie and St. Louis. The Wild get home ice in what should be an incredible series. Yeah, that that is going to be a great series. Uh, the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Everyone thought they were going to come out of the first round. Or actually, everyone was, thought they were going to come out of the Western Conference. I would not overlook either Minnesota or St. Louis in that division. We'll go to Scott on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Scott. Hey guys, I just have uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, first one, do you know if Ben was in attendance tonight or are they saving no, him? No, ben, the ben was not in attendance tonight. Okay, so are they uh, going to get him to the postseason game? Well, they're going to Disneyland. Um, so the, they might go to games three and four in L.A. That's all I know ahead of time for the family's plans. Okay, because he seems to provide a little extra juice for yeah, the guys. I, I, he will not be at game one nor game two, but he might be at games three and four, which would be pretty cool. Okay. Uh, second one's for Mr. Brown. Yep. Uh, I just wondered, are there any rules or superstitions about growing a playoff beard? Because I've got a buddy, and he's already growing his. And I told him, <laughs> you can't do that. you got to shave it off, and you got to start clean the day of game one. So being in a dressing room, is there any sort of, you know, unwritten rules or, there, you there's know, there, there isn't on any of the teams that I've been in. There hasn't been because not everyone on the team does it. Uh, certain players will, certain players don't. Uh, I do know a lot of the veterans when I played would shave it off completely and then start it right at the beginning of the very first game. Uh, there's other players that don't grow facial hair very good, so they will allow it to grow for the last few weeks so it looks like they have some <laughs> facial hair for the playoffs. Uh, I, I think it's awesome. And I, I love the fact that I've seen over the last number of years other sports have adopted it. You'll see it in, uh, in football or in baseball or something along that line in playoffs where their players will go out there and, and do the same thing. But to me, it, it's, a, it's a, 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 when you see a guy with a big, long, bushy beard, it means he's played quite a while in the playoffs, and that's always a good thing. That's a good question. I don't yep. think we'd ever addressed that before, Rob. Uh, no, well, <laughs> it, it is neat. I, you see some of the guys when they get their... Well, I mean, Kucherov last year for, for Tampa, he had the big bushy beard by the time they took that picture of him with the Stanley Cup over your head. And then some guys will actually... I can't think of an example, but I know it's happened. They'll shave their beard before they do their media after the game. So they win the Stanley Cup, they parade around the ice, and then they go into the dressing room and <laughs> shave, and then do... That's, well, it's that uncomfortable. Why bother? Okay, you can win without the beard. No, you can't. It makes you. It makes you a better no, player. It Absolutely. Doesn't. No, it's it doesn't, kids. Reed, all you beardless children out there, you're, you're fine. never gonna win the Stanley Cup, is what we're saying. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Don't want to break your hearts now, but if you can't grow a beard, you might want to find a different profession. All right, that's just sad. We have Cam standing by as well. Go ahead, Cam. Uh, I can't beat that one. Couple questions, you guys. Uh, has the Shore scored before? What is his record in, in shootouts? Oh, that's good. I can I can check the game notes right now. But ask your second question while I'm looking. Okay. It up. Yeah. Um, after the playoffs here uh, between Jesse and Yamoto, I know you have to hire them both while assign them. Do you think it'll dictate a little bit what they do in the playoffs, or they'll assign them both? What do you guys think? Um. I mean, you, you, the better you do in playoffs, the more money you're going to get 
when you sign your contract. I think they're going to look at Evander Kane and whether or not they want to sign him long term and what they can afford. Uh, there's a salary cap makes things difficult. I don't think they can sign Kane, Pugliarvi, and Yamamoto. I don't know if they got the money to do that. I think then they'd have to make a decision. And if they're going to who make would a you decision, sign? Who, who would you sign? One or the other? Which would you sign? Between Yamamoto oh, and Pugliarvi. Yamamoto, to me, it's no no doubter, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Awesome, guys. Keep up good work. We'll see you guys on Monday night. Uh, hang on. That was actually Devin Shore's first career shootout attempt. No. It's pretty good at that's it. What, that's what the notes say. I thought he scored before. I don't yeah, see pretty one. Sure, I, yeah. I don't see one, but okay. yeah, that's what I got right now. Because they put the... Um, and the, the game notes are available online now. It's not just the media. It says media game notes, but anybody can look. It says... Uh, yeah, career shootout, zero for zero. Really? I thought he would, yeah. Okay. You would think he would have taken one at some point. But it's funny, Rob, because we've talked about that. What if there was a long shootout and Barry, because we've said, when would Barry go? Remember, we've yep. talked about that. When would Barry go? Yep. Well, he went fifth tonight. Now, this was without Big David and Dreisaitl. So that would put him Broussard, seventh. Broussard <laughs> got to go ahead of Barry. Uh, you know, Nuge led. Kane obviously went second, I guess, so... Uh, I wonder if they who they would have gone with after Shore. <laughs> uh, at that we'll point, they're know. they're pulling names Blake out of a hat. Smith, maybe. <laughs> well, actually, he'd probably do pretty good in it the way he shoots the puck. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes have upset the Nashville Predators, which means the Nashville Predators will now play against Colorado. The Colorado Avalanche in this game. Just a little side note: uh, with five seconds to go, Phil Kessel shot for the open net. It was going into the right in the middle and deflected off a Nashville Predator stick and missed by about two inches. I believe that would have been his 400th goal in the NHL if it had gone in. What an odd way for the season to end for Nashville. I mean, I know they're in the playoffs anyway, but your goalie gets hurt, which is bad enough because he's one of your two best players. Yep. No, I mean, I still say him and Yossi. Yossi. No, yep. no disrespect to Forsberg and Duchesne and those guys. It but, just shows you how good Saros is. Yeah, and then... It's like, okay, well, we beat one of the worst teams in the league and we'll get a slightly better seating. Uh, and then they're up 4 nothing <laughs> on that team in the first period and they, they lose. Let's talk about going into the playoffs the, the other way, how you might want to feel compared to how the Oilers are feeling. Although, having said that, uh, Calgary over the last 15 games has been a better team than Colorado has. Well, that's a good point. Well, I, I, I stand by what I said. It's going to be a waste of eight days to play Calgary. It's what? That's my Daryl Sutter. It's going to be a waste of eight. Remember, oh, when he yeah. said it's going to be okay, a waste yeah, of eight yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I was just going on the accent there. I'm like, okay, what happened? What happened to Well, I got to gotta refine the impression. <laughs> it's not totally, it's not totally done. All right, I'll tell you what. Um, Goskinen and Barry spoke after the game. We'll put that on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, so you can go listen to that post-game audio there. We're going to wrap up here. So we're back. I'm going to say Monday. Um, Probably well. I'll be on at six o'clock one way or another, Rob. Because if there's all of a sudden no game, I got a talk show. So <laughs> I am gonna guarantee. I think there's a game Monday. I'm gonna guarantee a Monday night game. Probably at eight or later. So our our faceoff show will start at six uh, either way. And uh, big thanks to Troy Bowler, our studio producer, our technical producer here at uh, Rogers Place and in Studio 99, and our studio producer back at 6:30. Chad is Angie Quinn. Angie, I I almost promoted you to coach the earlier in the show when Jay Woodcroft started to talk. I think you got to do some time in the minors first. 
Yes, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Playoffs are next. Oilers win tonight in a shootout 3-2 over the Knucks. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.